Hey everybody, welcome to Basement Sports Podcast. Hello everybody, as my usual call sign. What's up, my bitches? <laughs> we are <laughs> we are tickled today to have a guest. We're we're gonna go through Not that uh, tickled. Yeah. Painful Tick- unpainfully tickled. Because uh, nobody <laughs> wants to hear us talk for a whole hour. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> very true so, by the number of followers. Yeah, exactly. So um, what we're going to do is a series of podcasts kind of reviewing the college football season, although, you know, the whole season isn't over, but for our local teams, well, it, it is. it is for our teams. It is for our teams. So tonight we're reviewing the season and the uh, and looking forward to next year for the Penn State Nittany Lions football team. And we are so happy to have our friend Wayne Wagner on the line as a guest. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Very doing, well. Doing very great. Well. Doing great. Wayne, uh, how long have you been going up to Penn State games now? I've been going to the Penn State games since I was a freshman in 1970. <laughs> uh, but I've been a fan probably since the mid-60s. And you do, uh, you live in the Pittsburgh area. Yep. And you do go to how many games a year? I go to all the home games <laughs> and yeah. uh, occasionally on an away game. And when my friends ask me, why don't you go to more away games? I explain to them that every home game is an away game for a Penn State fan living in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And you also have the Big Ten Network. What's that? And there's also now a Big Ten Network. Exactly. That, yeah. that, you know, yeah. inclement weather. You don't want to put yeah. up with Ohio State Buckeye fans. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's you know you you're sitting on your own couch eating your own food and the beer, no pants. The, the beer's a lot cheaper. Right, right. <laughs> it is tempting. I just made that comment to my daughter watching the beautiful picture on the Rose Bowl. I said, "This is why attendance is down. It's just so much easier to watch these games and, well, the and you replays." Know, and, even with yeah. the NFL package now, you have that uh, the Red Zone channel I get with Comcast. Yeah. Are you crazy? I don't even wear pants when I wake up on Sunday. You lay in your couch, <laughs> you get beverages, a couple snacks, and they show yep. you every play from every game that's that means anything in your head zone. It's I don't know why anybody goes anymore, especially when the weather's bad. But well, I would say though the experience at Penn State is more than just a football game. So that's what keeps me going. It right. really is. Right. And I've told people if you've never been to a Penn State game, I, I don't know, Wayne, if you knew this, but I grew up in the Lock Haven area, so yeah, I'm I knew thirty that. minutes away. So we yeah. would go and and obviously the tickets we would get would be the the temples, um, yeah. You know yeah. the Eastern Directional School from Omaha, Nebraska, when they played them the first couple games of the year, just stuff like that. But the experience is still the same. The people that go to the Penn State, over a hundred thousand people, and they don't care who the opponent is. They act, they cheer. Um, right. It is it's it actually every time I'm there, and I haven't been there as much as you, obviously, but I get chills every time. Yeah, I'm inside the Penn State Stadium. I really am. So let's yeah. look at uh, let's look at the season, Wayne. This this past season, and yeah. um, you know, as far as what you saw with Penn State going into this year, did they meet, exceed, fall short of your expectations? Was what 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 was your overall feeling? I would say a little bit of both, Greg. Okay. I think their their record exceeded expectations. Having to replace Trace McSorley and some of the other guys they lost last year um, to the off- starting offensive linemen left early for the NFL. Um, they they had lost quite a few players that left early. They uh, lost a Sharif, lot of defensive players, too. Yeah, Sharif Miller left. and um, All their cornerbacks. Uh, Gibbons. Yeah, so they... 
they had a lot to prove and, and they did. I mean, the 11 and two record was surprising. That being said, I think in some ways um, that 11 and two record did not reflect the true season. They, they didn't play a lot of um, good teams and they really only had one complete game uh, where, where everything clicked. And that was against Maryland. Um, the first half of the Michigan game fell into that category. And I think, for people to be disappointed, um, they're still not at that upper echelon. They're probably, you know, uh, top 10 in the country as, as far as the program. But in a way, I was, you know, sort of glad they didn't um, make it to the uh, playoffs if they would have beat Minnesota because I think LSU would have shown that they're not quite there. Yeah, they're not there. And I, and I think our pre our preseason uh, predictions, I think I had them losing four games. The fact yeah, that they a lot only lost did. two, I think, is good. I, but you said there were some teams. You said they had a really good game against Maryland, but I think a lot of that is because Maryland was, was just god-awful, as it turns out. Um, yeah. Uh, but Although, I, go ahead. going I, into that game, it appeared like Maryland was on a roll. I mean, the first two games, they just right destroyed. Maryland looked good. Maryland had hammered Syracuse, but, yeah. you know, Syracuse turned out not to be That's the team that, that we thought right, Syracuse right. was going to be good, too. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, you know, I like the, the bowl game victory. I, everyone says, I don't watch these bowl games. I watch the Penn State game, obviously. Um, uh, you couldn't pay me to watch that Pitt Eastern, whatever school they played. I Michigan watched it. Game. I watched it. Um, <laughs> but I did watch Michigan-Alabama, and I watched uh, all day New Year's Day. And there were some really good – those were good bowl games. I, I, I'm a, a big proponent of we have way too many. Six wins shouldn't give you a bowl game. But anyway, that's right. not what we're talking about. But here's here's my question to you. Since since Franklin got there, and you can put me in this category, I think he's one of the best recruiters, if not the best recruiter in the country. However, mm -hmm. his game day coaching, I'm not a big fan of. And I can't figure out, and I want your opinion about this, why he can't recruit offensive linemen. I think he has. I mean, the offensive linemen that they have after the sanctions have all been four-star recruits. Um, well, then is it lime grower? Because they, they haven't picked up a stunt since Franklin got there. I think that's part of it, Duty. I think the bigger part is I think coaches are still learning on how to teach offensive linemen how to block in the RPO because they don't know what's going on behind them. That's true. They, they don't know what the option is going to be. It's taken away their aggressiveness on running plays because they can only go down the field, you know, technically three yards, three even yards, though they, yeah. get, they get away with a, they get about know, a five lot or more. Six. Yeah. yeah. So that takes away the aggressiveness, and it also prevents them from really setting up in a good pass-blocking stance if they don't know if it's going to be a running play. I mean, if you watch the NFL, the guys that are playing tackle – they have that kick step right at the snap to get set up to pass. Yeah, protect. and they all do it very well too. Yeah, and and you can't really do that with an RPO. And I think you've got to find find the right coach that can teach that. Even though these kids were all four star linemen coming out of high school, it's usually they're bigger and stronger and faster than everybody they're playing. And I think this right. RPO is really complicated offensive line play and the coaching of the offensive linemen. Well, I, I kind of I, that's a great point about offensive guys don't know if they're going to actually pass it or not because they because the quarterback has the option to keep it or throw it. Um, 
But even Memphis, they they couldn't even drop back for a pass before they had three guys on them. Uh, yeah. And I don't see other teams running the RPO have that much trouble in pass protection. Now, obviously, Penn State in the running game were just flattening guys. I mean, they were yeah. they were blowing some holes open against Memphis. So maybe Memphis has a better front four than I expected. I don't even know why Penn State even threw the ball in that game. Well, that's with how they're exactly running right. right. Well, and I think that's kind of um, the strength that Memphis had was more speed, and that speed showed in the pass rush. But it was uh, their size was deficient in the run game. Right. Penn State was able to overpower them. But I think that's probably the reason why Lime Grover was not um, extended. Yeah. You, I think you, uh, the, this whole, whole season in that game in particular. And who's making the decisions on how to help these guys? Um, I really don't know if it's Franklin, if it's if it was uh, Ricky Ronnie or Lime Grover. But if you look back on the Minnesota game, and especially Ohio State with Chase every Young. Game. Well, Chase Young, I mean, they gave Fries no help, and he's a a slow right tackle. They gave him no help, and Chase Young had a field day. From that point on, Chase Young was an ordinary player. Absolutely. He didn't even play look good in the bowl game. No, he didn't. I've been saying all year that why can't you chip the pass rushers? If you're a running back and it's – or put a tight end on that side and just chip them before – Frymuller goes out on the route or have a second tight end and chip them before and stay yeah. in. They don't do any of that. That's one of my problems about Franklin's game day coaching. I don't like – he doesn't make, in my opinion, good adjustments during play. He does make adjustments or somebody does at halftime. Right. Because they're a great second-half team. And I, I don't know if he gets credit for that or the defense or probably a little bit of everything. But they do not change during the first – half of play it was a minnesota game they lost that game in the first quarter no question and no question. Uh, it's uh, it very frustrating for him but again ask pit fans like greg here if he wouldn't mind being 11 and 2 oh, and winning I, the bowl game every year well yeah, here's I my left get, arm penn state gets a little spoiled penn state fans it, get a little spoiled with this you're exactly right and i i have to catch myself when i start nitpicking on things <laughs> yeah i have you to could catch be myself. you could be a pit you could be a pit grad Wayne. <laughs> well not only that greg it's not just that i go back to when the sanctions came out in 2012 standing in my kitchen and telling my wife my life has changed forever penn state will never be a good football team again yeah mm-hmm. and, and people thing. thought that and and they made it through with no losing seasons He's been to, uh, uh, what, four New Year's Six Bowl games. And then, uh, you know, I think sometimes it's nitpicking, um, not to be a play on words, but I think sometimes the personnel dictates it too. One of the criticisms, they have four excellent running backs, they do. none of which are very good at pass protection. Right. Um, right. And, and they're, all good at, they're all good at catching that. passes too. Yeah, it's like they're not yeah. the same. They're not distinguishing themselves. On I'll hit this guy will be the third down back because he can catch better right. than no. They can all catch too. Yeah, yeah. They're they're very good at that, but it you know it takes backs a while to learn how to pass block. Most of these kids never blocked in high school. They were the feature of that offense at whatever wherever school yeah. they went with very little blocking. And then the, the the thing with the the tight end, I agree with you, but Fryermuth, other than Hamler, is probably their biggest offensive threat that's right and they wanted to get him out into the routes as fast as possible and so i get I that I, i'm fine with yeah. not chipping him every play but yeah you know what yeah. if if it's third and two go ahead and let him chip and then just drift into the flat 
if nope. you're going to actually throw the pass. If it's third and five, third and eight, third and ten, he's got to go right away because he can get open. He can get down the field. Hey, hey, Wayne, can I ask you a quick question? So, I just yeah. before we get off the offensive line, so you know, yeah. with Lime Grover gone, and you know, one of the things I read is that he was kind of tethered to you know the former offensive uh, coordinator Joe Moorhead. You know, where, where do you think Penn State goes from here as far as looking for their next offensive line coach? Do you think there's somebody internal, or do you think that they're going to kind of like what they did with their new offensive coordinator, which we're going to get to that in a minute, um, you know, kind of go outside of the current Penn State family and um, bring in his own and bring in, bring in somebody, uh, somebody from the outside? Yeah, I think, I think there's three things at play here. One might be, they may want to give Sirocco some input into this. He may have someone in mind, the new thinking. offensive coordinator. Okay. Yep. The second thing is there's an off, uh, the guy that was the offensive line coach at the Chicago Bears. He's 61 years old. His name escapes me. He used to be the offensive line coach at Notre Dame. He had a great reputation. He was also a East Stroudsburg University I was University just going to say, he has graduate. ties to the, East, to the East Coast yep. here. Yeah, he has ties to Franklin. Franklin went to East Stroudsburg. All right. And the third theory is Tyler Bowen, who called the offensive plays in the bowl game, was an offensive line coach um, at other locations. He's now the tight ends coach. There's a lot of people that think that they're going to promote him to the offensive line coach and just go out and get a tight ends coach. Is that Pete? Is so, that uh, Pat Flaherty you're thinking of? No, uh, there's was, another the, the guy. Chicago Greg, Bears guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was reading uh, about this Pat Flaherty who has East Stroudsburg and Penn State ties. Yeah. He was one. He was like one of Franklin's on-staff consultants for 2019. Yeah. So is Joe Brady a consultant? How about that? Too bad he got away. Wonder if. uh, Wonder if they could talk Munchak into coming back to the college game. I doubt that. I don't. (laughs) First of all, he Franklin got a nice. gift from the administration with uh, his renegotiation i yeah. think the big the big stumbling point wasn't his money it was money for the assistance that's right he supposedly got a great commitment and which is allowing him to do this but i don't think it's mike munchak money no and you know? i was just talking <laughs> i was talking to an alumni up there that uh, graduated about the same time i did around 88 and he said that uh, according to them he has enough franklin has enough money in the new new deal to not only keep their salaries higher, but he says they, he pretty much got enough money to give them all a raise if he had to. Yeah. To keep them. I mean, he's got a yeah. deal in place that within a certain <coughs> dollar amount, you know, no school's taking them. Yeah. And speaking of no school taking them, that's a good segue into the new offensive coordinator who I absolutely loved. I can't, I can't believe it actually happened, but the guy came from Minnesota. Um, and their offense is very similar. Now they have a, they have, world-class receivers in Minnesota right now. Um, but what what's your opinion on what do you think this new guy coming in from, uh, as an offensive coordinator is going to be like? He appears to be a, you know, a, a great pick. Um, I, I think, too, Franklin was very smart. He made the comment that he wanted to bring someone in very similar. He didn't want to start from scratch with an offensive coordinator. And what they did was very, very similar. They did it much better, but very yeah. similar. Well, their receivers were so much better. Well, they were. As and, a receiving I, core, the whole core. And I, I think that's the other element Penn State's been missing. If you look at the way the RPO's designed, the slant behind the linebackers that take that step forward yep. um, you know, on the play action, 
Um, you need a taller receiver behind the linebackers. You can get away with a shorter guy like Hamler running a slant in front of them. But a, a five a Dotson or a Hamler are not going to be open behind the linebackers. Or it's going to take an extra two seconds to get by them. Yep, yep. Where, and they don't have where, the two um, seconds. Where Shorter hasn't come through. Daniel George hasn't come through. Juwan Johnson had struggles last year. Those big, tall receivers have not really um, done their job since Godwin left. Um, and I think that's that was one of the strengths that Minnesota had. They had those tall receivers, and they'd go right behind those linebackers on the RPO, and they just killed teams. So um, hopefully they'll get some of these taller receivers into the action, and he'll be able to incorporate that. But on paper, he looks great. Um, let me hopefully- let, let me ask you guys. I'm going to ask both of you. And look, I'm you know I'm asking this question from a point of ignorance here. Uh, but you know I've heard both of you say about especially you duty here on the on the podcast about franklin as a game day coach and you mentioned it earlier in this podcast yep. so what is it like so he's got this new offensive coordinator coming in mm-hmm. is 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 it a matter of is he going to give this guy more freedom no to i don't call think the so. game or i think or, he's going to still make all the same decisions okay i mean um, wayne, wayne what are you i i disagree I think because he's bringing in from the outside, they discussed that. I look, when Joe Moorhead come, came, Joe Moorhead said, I'm only coming if I have full control of the offense. And they did make those adjustments when Moorhead was here. They did. He was, a, he was an expert, they say, at when, they, you know, when the quarterback looks over and they make the play change. Right. He could find what route was going to be open. And when he was here, guys were running open in the secondary. Ricky Ronnie was a uh, tag along. Yeah, he's a disciple. Franklin's. <laughs> yeah, he brought him along. Franklin promoted him. Um, he owed a lot to Franklin, and I don't think he was ever going to have the credibility with Franklin that Moorhead did coming in. And I'm thinking the same. I'm hoping the same is going to be with Sharaka that that Franklin learned from that. I'm not so sure that Ronnie wasn't encouraged to look for another position. Uh, maybe. Uh, my opinion of Franklin is, though, I think he will give him control when it comes to calling the plays and doing what he wants. My problem with Franklin is it infuriates me from it, not just Penn State, but any football team when it's third and inches and they line up in the shotgun. Um, yeah. I want an, a head coach to say to the offensive coordinator, listen to me, put three plays in your playbook. That when it's third and one, third and inches, we can get under center and we got the fullback up one side, we got the halfback, we have a pitch to the halfback, or we can play action pass. That's when I say Franklin isn't one of my favorite coaches because he doesn't he doesn't do any of the things that I think a head coach should go to the offensive coordinator and say, There's no re you know what happens when it's third and one and we're in a shotgun? It's third and eight. Because yeah. he's seven yards behind the line of scrimmage when you give him the ball. That's where he's starting from. And I don't think Franklin's ever going to do that. That's well, my problem with him. There's a couple things you can do with that. I noticed watching the Sugar Bowl last night when the Texas quarterback, Brewer, yep. went under center and fumbled the snap there to the goal line. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't used to taking it. Yeah, that's what they said. He yeah. wasn't used to taking it. Now, to me, that's kind of silly. I don't know how much practice time Well, that's just it. Practice it yeah. more. Practice it. Yeah, I don't. You only I have don't... to call four plays. Yeah. Fullback, halfback, or play action. What the hell? But but if you notice what Chiraco did in those situations, he didn't take the snap at Minnesota. 
but he put that big second string quarterback. That's in, right. Sort of like a wildcat. And with Penn State, with Will Levis, he's perfect for that. And he's a better runner than a thrower anyway. Yeah. At this point. So maybe that's the way to go. Um, I, I guess you could argue that if you're in the shotgun, then you don't have to um, backpedal if you decide to throw a pass out of that formation. Sure. And you can run forward. I, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. I've said the same thing. You know, put a fullback in, especially now with the new rules where the fullback could actually push You're the allowed quarterback to push in the end zone. Yeah, yeah from yeah, the push-push, you know. You know, I think, what was the game was the last, uh, the one Herb Street was doing, I don't know if it was Oregon or Wisconsin, he actually called it. He says they're yeah. going to do a sneak and uh, he's going to have the full, both running backs yeah. are going to push him forward. Yeah. <laughs> and but they did. The Matt, the Matt Liner rule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, back then, though, it was illegal. Right, and he yeah, didn't get called for. They got away but they got away with it in that yeah. Notre Dame game. Yeah, well, yeah Reggie Bush's family at the beach house probably <laughs> said it was all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my criticism of Franklin. I, he, calling timeouts, um, sometimes he gets up there. My other problem with him a little bit on game day coaching is when you have the lead, you don't have to go up-tempo every possession. Right. Couple games this year, he's going up tempo, and up tempo was working. I get it, but to me, you're up by two scores, and there's six minutes left to go in the game. You don't need to go up tempo. Don't snap the ball with over ten seconds on the play clock. That's the kind of head coaching stuff that I think good coaches. And maybe I'm just watching a little bit too much of the NFL because even they suck at it at times. They get little in well, their own heads but stuff like that i think franklin can get better at um i think i think there's some other i think there's some other things at play though and it's called ego it's one oh, of the there's reasons no doubt why, about that <laughs> yeah one of the one of the reasons why mike tomlin wouldn't get someone in the replay booth that's right and, and didn't want to admit franklin he couldn't do it a, yeah franklin needs a clock manager but i think some of these coaches with their ego the more they you know they they delegate the less power or leadership in their minds they have the perfect example was the bowl game against memphis at the end of the first half exactly um, he's gonna bring they that up. ended up i get he called a timeout i get that but he could have ran that clock he called the timeout right away yes he could have ran there's no reason to hurry up for that, that clock. that's exactly right. and then Even, he actually gave memphis time to come back Right. At the end of the half, and, and, and there's they, no reason to. Yeah, yeah. If you Even that 25 seconds yep. would have kept them from getting that field goal. Now, that kicker turned himself and made himself a lot of money. I don't know if that kid from Memphis is a senior or not, <laughs> but, oh, my God, that kid was booting them. Hey, Penn State's had a habit of making a lot of money for a lot of people. <laughs> a lot Starting of with Mark, Mark Sanchez, uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah. You know, yeah, very true. Well, that, that I mean, that that goes to, you know, the defensive side of the ball. And I think, I mean, dude, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You were you were critical during the season of the secondary. Of this the Penn year, State secondary, uh, this critical. Year. Yes, yeah, but, but they're very young. Yeah. So remember, I made the point. They lost both safeties. Right. To the draft. Right. Even the one that wasn't, wasn't and, that good. And they have a lot of room to grow. And, I mean, and they're young. They're yeah. freshmen yeah. and sophomores. There's not many. There's not many seniors back there. Safeties, cornerbacks, right? Um, even linebackers aren't old. Their defense is very young. What do you? I mean, what were your thoughts, Wayne, of the defense? I mean, I know you know they they gave up a lot of points in the bowl game, you know, and and they they gave up yards to Ohio State, and in a lot of these games, I mean, how you you give up the yards you gave up to Pitt, you know, you might have a young defense, but 
you know, what what were your thoughts overall the year of the Penn State defense and then maybe looking forward to next year, uh, where you think they're going to be? Well, because they led the nation in yards per carry again against the rush, they were first and Georgia was second. Mm-hmm. Team yeah, people weren't going to rush. Yeah, they're, they're going to throw on them. Right. And I think it goes back to what Duty said. They're not making in-game adjustments. So if you have a team that knows they're not going to run the ball on you, yep. they're not going to get into a deep pass pattern. They were beat over and over on short, quicker patterns. I don't want to say shorter patterns, right. but quick, quick releases. They sit back in a zone defense. You can't defend a pass. You can't do slants. pass in his own defense. They nope. have to be able to alternate between a Michigan type of in your face with a cornerback man, the man, and then off the zones. And I don't think they do a good job of mixing it up. That's well, I can tell you point. when they do go man to man in your face is when it's third and 18, they all, yeah. they man up and blitz everybody. And then they get a pass interference call or get burnt. That was yeah. talk about throwing stuff at the TV. Uh, third and eighteen, <laughs> yeah. and they finally decide to go man to man and yep. press. Yep. Well, what well, they did it. Look at the, the pit game. They that's had what I was talking in, about. Right? Yeah, there. they had pit inside the ten or twenty twice. Yeah, they did, and it was third and long. They didn't need another sack. No, and they ran the same blitz at both yeah. times. Well, and they killed them with two screen passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so, learned to they learned to uh, defend a screen pass from the Dallas Cowboys, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think they defended one all year. Uh, although one thing I did like about their pass rush uh, in the bowl game was using that delayed blitz with Micah Parsons. I Earlier think you can do year, that when they have that much speed. They have a lot of yeah, speed. Yeah, exactly. He's so fast. Earlier in the year, they just had him right off the snap, and I think by looking for that opening and using his speed, it was they just. He was devastating in that bowl game off that delayed blitz. I well, that honestly, that bowl game, he turned it around. That blitz where they, where he was in there like a shot, and the ball yeah. came out and they picked it off and ran it in. That changed yeah. that game. Yeah. Um, and I do like what you said about that delay where he can pick his hole. Like right. He, when you go ready to snap, two guards might run into each other, and there's nowhere for you to go. But that delayed exactly. blitz, yep. and yep. boy, is he quick. That guy, he has yep. a chance to be in defensive player of the year next year. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's. Uh, you want to switch gears a little bit to recruiting, and uh, yeah, we, we can uh, we can talk a little I bit about to. the class that uh, that uh, Franklin has coming in. Yeah, I. The, one of the things I picked up was uh, I, I like to look at rivals. I think they're guys that do that site have been doing it a long time. Um, I don't care if it's a three or a two or a four star player because we've all seen two star players excel and go to the NFL and we've Aaron seen Donald. five star five star players crap out um but rivals had them as uh, the 14th team uh recruiting yep. 27 yep. commitments but what I wanted to look at were the two things we talked about a little bit one would be the taller wide receivers and as I'm looking at some of these recruits that they got this year uh, they got a kid named Lambert he's 6'1 180 a four star Wide receiver, um, six one's not big in today's game. There's a kid from Montreal who's only a three star. His last name is Maiga, something Malik Maliga. Yeah, yeah, six yeah. four one ninety five. Yep. Um, another five ten two hundred pounder. Um, six two one seventy. Guy named Dotton out of Connecticut. Uh, Scranton. They got a six one one seventy. Again, three stars. 
So I think they they're trying to get some bigger receivers. I don't think I don't think Penn State as a linebacker U is known for their other than Godwin and uh, putting receivers in the NFL that have had a lot of success. Or Allen Robinson maybe. Um, yeah, Allen Robinson, Godwin, and um, Deshaun Hamilton also in Denver. Yeah, so, which is he had a good year this year. Yeah, um, it's only a second year though. So I don't think if you're a a five star six five you know, 220 receiver with a 40-inch vertical, I don't think Penn State's where you're going to, your first choice anyway. I think they're the ones that Clemson uh, and Alabama and those guys, that Judy from Alabama, <laughs> jump out of the gym and runs every route perfectly. Uh, I think that's what you get. So it looks like they, they are getting some receivers in. I, the, the one thing this does not have on it for me is speed. Um, I don't know if they sh- show you a 40 time on any of the other sites. I'm not sure. Well, I think that kind of ties in the quarterback recruiting, though. Right. I mean, you, you, the top receivers are going to want to go where they have quarterbacks that's that exactly get the ball. Right. Um, I think that's why the Clemsons and Alabamas, when they see uh, Trevor Lawrence as a freshman and he's coming back, and then <laughs> kid's they nineteen see, uh, years old. Yeah, and they see uh, Tua, you know what he can do on national TV. And even Ohio State, whether it be Haskins or now Fields, I mean, you're going to get – that's why the kid um, um, from um, Southern Columbia, Fleming, you know, he ended up at Ohio State. Um, they got to get that top-level quarterback if they want to move to the next level. If you look at the playoff teams, I mean, they're clearly – they're like the NFL. The it NFL's really is. A quarter, it's a quarterback league. Oh, look it's at Oregon. Yeah. yeah, without that top quarterback, not only – can you not perform on Saturdays? Um, you're not going to get those kind of receivers to come to your school if you, they don't think there's a top-level quarterback there to throw them the football. Hey, just off the beaten path a little bit, what was your take on the field's decommitment from Penn State before he went to Ohio State? Do you have any Well, I think there or? were two things at play, Duty. I think one was he was really uh, enamored with Joe Moorhead and okay. loved that offense and thought that. he could thrive in that. Um, and they build a good, strong relationship. And then you got to imagine if you're from Georgia, um, it, we're, you know, the Southeast Conference where, you know, football, yeah. college football is everything. Yeah. Um, the pressure to stay in Georgia plus Moorhead leaving, I think, just caused him to decommit. Um, okay. the, those two factors combined for it. And when he was first um, looked at by Penn State and made that verbal commitment. Yeah. He was not the player that. Oh was no, no, he wasn't even a five star. Right. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so I think it was a combination too. The bigger thing with Fields is how he became eligible right away at Ohio State, but that's a whole different subject. Well, we, the only place <laughs> that I can know they can transfer and not sit out a year is Ohio State yeah, University. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan. Oh yeah, Michigan I forgot about Michigan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They like they somehow they get around it. <laughs> it's called good lawyers. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing I said I was. I'm not happy with Penn State is is the offensive lineman. So when you look at the recruiting ranks, they have a kid from Virginia. He's six seven three hundred. So I'm sure his name is Jimmy Christ. Yeah, I'll call him Christ just because I'm hopeful. And uh, <laughs> I can't imagine he's the quickest guy on the line. The six seven three hundred. But if he can learn to take that drop step, it's going to take at least three steps to get around that fat bastard. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was originally committed to Virginia. They just flipped him. Near the end. Well, he he's a four-star. That was a good get. Yeah. There's a three-star, 6'5", 300 from the Bronx. 
Um, I'm looking at a couple other ones here. I'm looking at the, some. The interesting thing is with offensive linemen is you, when you're scouting these kids, you also want to, you're looking at potential a lot of times to say, okay, you know, this kid's got a, he's got a, we're going to fill him out a little bit more. You know, want to fill the out the 300 room. pounder a little more. Right, right. I mean, but I'm just saying they're also looking at, and I think it, you know, it, you, you see some programs that do really, really well Nebraska. recruiting. Well, look at Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin, they, they get, they get, Nebraska. they get these three star, some two star mm-hmm. offensive line recruits. And they got consistently really, Corn really fed. good offensive linemen. <laughs> you know, they get them in there, they fill them, they fill them out, and you know, a lot of times these kids are then playing on Sundays after their college careers over. Yeah. So I, it's it's to me, Wayne, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost a different science when you're when you're recruiting linemen when you're scouting these kids. Well, there's no doubt, but I think the advantage that Wisconsin has in Iowa to a certain degree is they have a style that they're committed to and it doesn't yeah change. they run the ball run the ball run yeah, the ball they don't that doesn't change right. now the downside of that is if you get behind right and it was you can't you can't catch up because these linemen are not built for speed pass rushers they're there to be road graders and they then they fill in these great running backs um behind them but um they've committed to that um year after year and i think that's the key um, they're not running a whole lot of RPOs at Wisconsin or, or Iowa. No, that's a traditional run p- professional offense where it's run first. Yep. yep, and that's the other advantage, too. They run more of a pro set. They do. And then you can sell that to a kid that we're going to put you. Because, you know, back in the day when the Oklahomas and the Nebraskas and the Texas were running the wishbone, they never put offensive linemen in the NFL because they weren't trained for the pro game. No. Smaller, quicker. Yep. Um, the other thing, too, is how do you project an offensive lineman that's going against small high school kids? Exactly. You right. can't. Um, sure, they're dominant on, on Friday nights, but hell, the pass rusher might be a 5'8", 160-pound dude trying to get around them. Um, well, but but that's why they're recruiting at the 7-on-7 seven seven camps now. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, That's, that's huge. what they're doing. I mean, back in the day, look at all the busts at offensive yeah line because they they had only the high school tapes to look at now they're all going to these camps and they're going against other four and five star guys now i know it's not tackle football but you can see their movement against the you know a top pass rusher and that sort of thing yeah you can see uh, if they're at least quick enough to get back yep yep Uh, i want to give credit here to some of these kids they got to finishing up the offensive line a uh, kid from Washington, D.C., a four-star lineman. His name's Fashionu, 6'6", 315. Yep. yep. Allentown, 6'4", 305, Dawkins. He's only a three-star. You um, know who that is? Is it, yeah. it Daryl Dawkins' his kid? His That's his kid, yep. Yeah. Daryl well, Dawkins' his son. Yep. I have a fraternity brother that lives in Allentown, and he said that he does a, he has no idea how he's a three-star because he's got, like, uh, a demeanor like Daryl Dawkins. He said he's oh, mean. Yeah. yeah, he leads <laughs> – Penalties every play almost for <laughs> hitting late and stuff, which I love. And then the last one from Hyattsville, Maryland, which they get a lot of kids from Maryland. 6'4", 325, yes, four-star Achumba. Yep. Achumba. And he signed in April along with Fashnu in June. These guys are early signees. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if any of some of those guys are can got to campus early and they're going to be in you know spring ball. 
Um, but they got some they got some big boys coming in. They do, and and really their eyes are on two major targets for next year. A kid by the name of Tengwell out of Maryland, who's it's down to Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan. A lot of the people have crystal balled him to Penn State, and he's supposed to be tremendous. And then a kid named um, Rucci um, from the Allentown area, Todd Rucci's son. He's a five-star offensive tackle from Warwick High School. And apparently um, it's going to be between Penn State and Wisconsin, where Penn oh. State might have made a mistake. His older <laughs> brother was a tight end that wanted to go to Penn State. They did not offer the brother. The brother's now on the Wisconsin Wow, that's team. not good. Yeah. <laughs> But if they can get those, the kid claims the kid claims that's not going to affect it. His mother and dad were both Penn State. um, And and Todd Rucci was an offensive lineman at Penn State. So, Um, and the and the guys they have now are young. The tackle they are um, they are. You know, Walker's a redshirt freshman had a phenomenal year that people haven't talked about. Hey, who was the kid from Fox Chapel, Wayne? Did he end up? He was a recruit last year. He might have been a freshman this year. Did he end up going there? I don't remember a kid from Fox Chapel, Fox did he? Um, he, was, uh, he was a four-star lineman out of Fox Chapel last year under Rivals, and I totally forgot his name to see if to look I up. I do not remember okay. him. Okay, that's no biggie, mm-hmm. but it's good to but see that, that they're getting linemen in. Well, they have another guy um, with a great last name, Caden Wallace. I love who redshirted that. this year uh, at right tackle that they think might beat out the fries. I'm going to uh, tell you real right now, I don't think that's going to be that difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, they're real high on him, and he's a redshirt freshman. So Good. <laughs> they look pretty solid going forward on the offensive line. Is, is, there, <laughs> is, there, is there any areas of concern going into next year, Wayne, that you're like, yeah, this could be a liability? Um. Yeah, the defensive backfield. Um, and, and what concerns me the most about them is I see these guys not improving. I mean, um, John Reed was tremendous as a freshman. He really now, was. I know he was injured, but two years away from that injury, he's not the player he was. Tariq Castro Fields. I thought he was the worst player on the field this year. But as a freshman, he looked very good. Now, the two young guys, Keaton Ellis and uh, Marquise Wilson, looked very good. But are they going to get worse? It's like I was telling a friend of mine today. It's like the Jay Paterno syndrome. <laughs> These quarterbacks, they quarterbacks would come in and look like they could win the Heisman Trophy before they left Penn State. <laughs> After three years with Jay, they couldn't have you know, played at uh, Division Three team. Yeah, so and I think a lot is the coaching. defense, like you're saying, that it's stupid sit back in a zone thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do agree with that. I think they played a lot more man to man when Chase McSorley was there because they knew they they took more chances because if even if they got beat on once or two, you know McSorley and Barkley would get them back down the field. Yeah. So that's a concern. This defensive backfield um, uh, has not. Um, progress and I'm also worried a little concerned about the pass rush next year they've recruited some great athletes at defensive end I'm not so sure they're football players yeah I mean Jason Oway I think he ran a 4-3 at 250 (laughs) pounds as a defensive end I'm not making that up keep Um, him out of the frat house please (laughs) but but between him and this um Isaac kid 
they're, they're tremendous athletes, whether they're good football players or not, and yet to be seen. So, you know, one recruit defensive back that um, people seem to be high on is that kid they stole from Michigan, that Enzo Jennings. He's a yeah, he's tearing it up kid. at the All Star game. They, he's gotten great reviews at Under Armour. Yeah, he, uh, he everywhere you look on the recruiting page, his name keeps flashing when it comes to DB game, and he's yeah. from Michigan, which makes me even happier. Yeah, they took him away from Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the kid that I, I think might be a real sleeper is the linebacker from Aliquippa, Zariah Fisher. He's um, 6'3", 6'3", 255, playing linebacker. And, you know, he's he played a lot of he played a lot of good teams. Yeah, when and you're he's, playing a for Aliquippa, he's a good basketball dude, player. Yeah, he's an athlete. And they have him as yep. a three-star. Yeah. Well, there yep. are some recruiting people, basketball recruiting people, that said he could have been a – Three-star recruiting in hoops. Yeah, I uh, think so, uh, he's going to be a surprise. Well, I got away from Pitt, Greg. Oh well, there's <laughs> there's a repeating record. <laughs> well, we'll we'll be talking we'll be talking about Pitt the next podcast, hopefully. Well, but good it's luck not, finding a guest. Oh, uh, we already well, <laughs> we didn't tell you Wayne. We had we had one person like just bag on us. You know, yeah, we did we did probably a saw our ratings so. But we know where to find you, so we knew you weren't going to back us. I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about the Big Ten in general, and yeah. um, you know the Big Ten as a whole. And you know you kind of saw the emergence of of Minnesota this year, and they had a, let, let's face it, they had great a really coach. great, great, really highly respected coach. You know, I hope for Minnesota's sake they can hold on to him. Um, you know, because he's got a really good thing going there, but. You know, the, the, the Big Ten representative in the playoff was, was Ohio State. And, you know, say what you will about the officiating. It was a good, it was a good football game against Clemson. Um, but, like, with the Big Ten, how close do you think one of the Big Ten teams, including Penn State, is at, you know, getting to that playoff catching game? Catching Ohio State. Catching, you know, catching Ohio State getting in there and actually competing for a national championship? Well, it's it's difficult in the Big Ten. I think one of the things that makes Ohio State stand out is the state of Ohio still has excellent high school football. Sure does. Where, mm-hmm. where a lot of these other states have lost their recruiting base. Pitt's a perfect example. You know, yeah. when they depend yeah, on true. Western Pennsylvania, you know, those, those – numbers of players is gone now right um, we talked about the whippeel being down yeah we were talking about it on a previous podcast and actually it was a it was part of a big thread on twitter today so i got let me answer is that your agent you got another job <laughs> yeah right rivals but, is calling I, I think i think because of that ohio state can keep all those kids at home and yeah. even when, you know, Pitt and Penn State, when there was fertile recruiting in Western Pennsylvania, they were competing against each other, Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. There's a loyalty in Ohio. They can build their base with a number of Ohio kids. And they and do. They go, out, <laughs> they go out and recruit nationally. Yeah. Right. So they have the a gaps. big advantage. Um, there, was, big... there was somebody on, um, on the fan this past week, and I apologize. I, I don't remember – the past couple of weeks I was listening and they were actually talking about the number of power five recruits out of the Whippeal over the past number of years. Yeah. And how this, there's been this precipitous drop. Yeah. 
and this year was one of the lowest on record. Okay. Yep. Yep. And even the overall division one recruiting was, you know, was down uh, the number of kids going out of here. So, you know, that certainly affects the, the Penn States and the pits, although Penn State has a farther national reach, for example, than like a pit does or even a West Virginia. Um, but that's a really great point about Ohio State. It's like when you when you look at them, man, they do a hell of a job keeping those kids in state. Oh, yeah. And, and they're the only state in the Big Ten that has that kind of a high school football. Right. All these other schools have had to go outside the area. You know, you don't get other than your linemen at Wisconsin. That's about what you're going to get. It's a lower population state. Minnesota's the same way. Mm -hmm. Iowa. I mean, whoa, you go whoa. You're totally dissing uh, New Jersey Rutgers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Talent base. Well, there's never been a loyalty there. All the great New Jersey players yeah. have gone elsewhere. Well, it's Rutgers. You know my role. Nebraska or Pitt. We'll, we'll, um, we'll see what Shiano does coming back. He's well, going to cheat just like he did before if they're going to get Rutgers any good. But contrast that to the southern schools where the population has moved. Right. All the fertile recruiting that you have in Georgia and Louisiana Florida. and Florida mm -hmm. and Texas. And, and those southeast conference schools can build their team to throw the football and not have to worry about November Big Ten weather. I yep. mean, it puts them at a huge advantage. The bowl games are all in nice weather. They can build their teams accordingly. The Big Ten really, you know, is at a disadvantage mm -hmm. be simply because of the weather, and they don't have the population anymore. They really don't. So it's going to be hard, other than Ohio State, to get up in that upper echelon. I think uh, Franklin – um, is making inroads with Jawan Sider on his staff. He's getting some kids. You got two more running backs from Florida. Yeah, he's he starting. A, to, he's starting to recruit yep. some Southern kids. Yep, he's got another wide receiver, that Parker Washington out of Texas, and, and then he's done very, very well in that Baltimore, um, Virginia, DC. The he uh, does do Virginia well too. Yep, and I think that's one of the reasons. As much as he says every game's the same to him, and I know the Pitt fans felt disrespected out of that, I think the one uh, game that he circles on his schedule every year is Maryland because he coached at Maryland, thought he was going to be the head coach, and he needs to beat them to keep that superiority of recruiting in that Maryland area. Um, and he so far has done very, very well with that. Um, but it's going to be hard for the Big Ten to compete with the Southeast Conference. It just is. Yeah. Well, and again, if you're going to take an official visit and you go to the, one of those Southern schools where it's 75 degrees all year round, and then you hop on a plane and come up here to Penn State and there's six inches of snow, um, the campus is spread out all over the place. Um, I don't know what the facilities are. I imagine they got to be pretty good at Penn State, but compared well, to the SEC schools, but. Um, I would add the I would add the coeds at the southern school. <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. I was just about to say I've I've been Tank on some, I've been on some of those campuses. Yeah, it, can, like, it can it can cause a lot of neck strain. Yeah, you kind of know you're not in the north or the midwest <laughs> yeah. anymore, don't you? Do they not sell bras but, to but, but, wait, Dixon but let me say this: I have driven through State College. Yeah, on a you nice get two summer weekends day. a year. You know, on a nice summer day. Yeah. I'm 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 giving props. I'm giving props. <laughs> At our age, they look good no matter what. Yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> so anyway, next year, looking ahead, um, Penn State's going to find out real pretty quickly how good they are. Their second game is at Blacksburg next year. Yep, yep. Um, that ain't no joke. Not only yep. is Virginia Tech a decent football team, but that environment has got to be right up there with Penn State. You know, it's hard to play in that stadium. Yeah, and that's a big leap. When you sure reach is. the elite, when you're the elite status, it doesn't matter if you're on at home or on the road. You know, you the the, the top programs, it doesn't matter if they're on the road. Penn State's still in that next level, right? Where they're very very good at home. Um, the road games against good teams are still kind of tough. Yep. So yeah, it'll be a great test, and especially with the new coordinator. Which, uh, like I said, I give Franklin credit. He said he wanted to get someone that ran a very similar um, offense because he didn't want to start from square one. Well, and, Greg, did. you can relate to this. Look at all the different offenses Pitt has run yeah. over the last five Ken- years. Kenny Pickett has does. had three different right. offensive coordinators. You know, and different styles. Yeah, and different, different styles. styles. Now, I, Not I, just coordinators. I like, yeah. Whip- I like Whipple. Okay, I do, I do like Mark Whipple, and I like his – his pedigree where he comes from but yep. the thing is it's been it's you know we Pitt, and i'm going off on tangent here because we're reviewing penn state but Pitt, the best offense they had was under matt canada a few yep. years ago you know and, and Pitt had two enormous had NFL running backs well they had an nfl running back they had a solid tight end which they haven't had since mm-hmm. and they had a, an nfl at least quality quarterback who could play in that league and that year they ended up beating Penn State and they ended up beating Clemson. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but they didn't have a defense. And now this is and this is the thing with Pitt. Okay, it never seems to coordinate it all come together. So next year you even look forward to them. They're going to have another really good defense they next are. year. They have a lot of guys coming back. They're trying to get Hamlin an additional redshirt. But you know this year the couldn't run the ball. Could you know had to count on Kenny Pickett to throw them to victory, and with a quarterback like that, that's going to be rare. Well, and that's what we talked earlier about a commitment to style like Wisconsin or Iowa have done, right? And I give Franklin credit for bringing in a coordinator that's not going to make you know right. start fresh, right? Um, they're going to do basically the same style of offense, um, with some different tweaks, and I think because of that. They should be ready for Virginia Tech you, on the road. You couldn't, you could not argue with the success that he had at Minnesota this year with right. that offense. Yep. You couldn't. Well, well and again, in, he had the that, He had did the same thing at Western Michigan. I was going to say yeah. he came from a Western Michigan team that put up about forty a game. Yeah, their yeah. offense was crazy. It was thirty-six points a game or something. Yeah, um, he's got a good resume. So Ham, KJ Hamler, is heading to the NFL. Yeah. Big loss, I think. Um, yeah, I know, agree. That's just that elite speed. Um, yep. I don't know if he's going to hire an agent. It sounds like he's did or is going to because he's made his decision. Um, yep. And today I read an article that Fryermuth is eligible to go pro. Uh, he has not made a decision yet, but he is considered a red No, he has. Sophomore. He made his decision. He made his decision about a month ago and said he's definitely coming back. Okay. Well, the article yep. today said that now that the bowl game's over, he needs to sit down and, and talk to his parents uh, and coaches to make sure that's still the correct decision. So hopefully he comes back. Well, maybe he's had a tie to Ricky Ronnie. I don't know. Well, maybe but, he's also talked he to was, some NFL scouts that have been calling saying you're going to be a well, s- could second be. rounder. Could be. 
you know, who knows? Money talks. Well, the other thing with that, though, Duty, is the one thing about this Scirocco, he has not used the tight ends. No, he did, he doesn't. Um, and I don't know if that's because they only have one, right? Or, <laughs> or they just don't look there first. I think you hit it right in the head when they do that RPO. They do fake it. The first place you look is those slants over the middle. Yep. Those quick hitters. And then yep. because of Penn State's offensive line and whether it's the system and not knowing if it's a run or pass, you don't have. I don't see Penn State's quarterback having a third option on his reads. He just doesn't have the time. So right now it's handoff, look over the middle, and then maybe another second read, and then he takes off. Yeah. So I just don't think the tight end in the route scheme is one of the top two routes on each play. Yeah, and and that, I think that's what McSorley had. Yeah, me too. Over Clifford. A lot of his big plays were when he had to scramble outside the pocket, but he always kept right. his eyes down the field. Yeah, he did. He got big big plays off of that he so, still will yeah. look to throw the ball yep yep and i think uh and i think clifford when he decides to get outside of the pocket he's gonna run it yeah and he's a good runner i uh, i like clifford he um, is but but it's kind of apples and oranges the it really is with mcsorley he had guys like Gasicki and godwin and right. on hamilton right. winning those 50 50 balls in the last two years, we've had people drop passes. You know, they weren't <laughs> fighting. Well, the perfect example was Shorter, Justin Shorter, in the first quarter of the Minnesota game. Yeah, right at right there. He that ball got intercepted. It was a five foot ten or five foot eleven corner. He's Out leaped him. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even fight for the. He ball. He didn't jump. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, in closing on that whole that Penn State issue, it's pretty. Pretty bad for us to nitpick a team that's eleven and two. Exactly, and go I got a bowl game myself. every year. Yeah. yeah, I do too. There are days yeah. when I sit there on the couch and I go, "God, how's this Franklin winning a game? He sucks. He's the worst yeah. coach ever." And then they're at the end of the game. They they win by twenty in the third second yeah. half. So they do make good adjustments um, at halftime. I just wish that he was a little more forceful with telling his coordinators at certain times, like, "Hey, we don't need to go up up tempo here. Call your plays." But make sure the quarterback knows not to snap it before outside of 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, it's third and short. Put a couple plays in where you can hand it off with a fullback, a sneak, anything. Just even if you don't use them, show it yeah. once or twice. So then the other teams, the big once you get into the Big Ten schedule, they they may have to at least study it and prepare for it when they're practicing to play Penn State. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not going to complain. Like I said, I could be Greg and a Pitt fan. Um, well, uh, like I said, in 2012, I thought that their football program was going to be in the dumper for 10 years. And you, you, you know what, Wayne, what they've done. I want to ask you a quick question on that. And, and you know, a name that, that I think about when it came out of those those sanctions was Bill O'Brien. Yeah. And, you know, you look at where Penn State is now. Uh, how much credit do you give to Bill O'Brien in getting him through that period and surviving and now to where they are now? I give him a ton of credit. But I think the, the, the real credit goes to Michael Motti and uh, Zordich. The linebackers. Mm -hmm. Yep. The, the, the kept they kept that, that team, team together, together as team okay. leaders and, and, and were there for O'Brien. And he'll tell you the same thing. But I think he was the right guy at the right time. He was right. a no-nonsense guy, uh, no excuses, um, hard-nosed guy. Um, Look, but I, he, I think his uh, – there's no doubt in my mind that O'Brien wanted to be in the pros. There's – 
Oh yeah, that no was doubt. the whole problem. Though. This yeah. was this was a stepping stone where he yep. thought he could get to the pros if he went up in Hackenberg was the, all the rage at that point. Yep. yep. Big freshman year from Hackenberg and he was going to get noticed and they were going to win some games and it worked. But well, they used each other. They did. Advantage. They really they did. did. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I think he deserves a ton of credit. He could have easily folded and just blamed a, a four and eight record on uh, the sanctions. But here's my here's my other question. We have time, Greg? How much yeah, time? we got time. We're good. He's talking about the sanctions, and that was all the Sandusky stuff. Mm-hmm. Since then, uh, the doctor at Michigan State, the trainer, has been convicted mm-hmm. and sent to prison for the same type of thing. Yep. And there's a doctor at Ohio State yep. that is going through the same thing right now. Why don't we hear anything about Michigan State and Ohio State? Uh, because I think death, Penn State penalties. Penn State was the sacrificial lamb. I think after the fact, the NCAA realized that they stepped way beyond their jurisdiction. And Penn State caved. The administration of Penn State, they really State made it easy for them. Um, they knew that these other schools would fight, uh, that that was a criminal matter, not a violation of um, NCAA rules. They were way beyond their scope. Well, and that's true. Um, We were the sacrificial lamb for that. But you don't even hear about those two schools. No. I mean, who is there's a Republican congressman in the House? Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, who supposedly saw it just like uh, the the redheaded quarterback at Penn State did. Yep. Yep. More so. Way more. It wasn't one instance. It wasn't one instance. It went on for years. You hear nothing. Like, I'm not talking. I get it. They're not saying you should have the death penalty anymore. But right. you, this Michigan State guy has been go, is going to jail for, what do you end up with, 300 um, some years. He yeah. admitted it and all that stuff. You don't hear anything. You didn't hear well, it. I'll, I'll say this. You didn't hear it. Like when I saw that story, you heard it more toward like the other sports like gymnastics and things like that where that's kind of where you heard it. And there was, you know. There were some stories on that, but as far as like involvement of the 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 big ticket sports like football or basketball, it was kind of like they were shielded from that. That it was like these other things was going on there. Well, there, I think it plays to the media. Right? Yep. The media had two things in the Penn State scandal to their advantage, and they exploited. One was it was football. Yeah. And the liberal media. Do not like football. Football is a um, barbaric sport in their minds. Um, it's a, you, you know, it's a it's a male dominated, um, rough kind of thing. So football, you gave it to them on a silver platter. Yeah, so the far they're factor, not allowed to let girls play boys football yet. Yeah, the other factor was Joe Paterno. That's exactly right. And he, it hurt that he had put himself and the media did it too on a pedestal he did being above reproach and i think the media loves to tear people like that down and football is a easy easy target for the media that's you know big part of it and the other part is what i said earlier i think we were the sacrificial lamb they realized afterwards they went way beyond their scope yeah okay i just wanted to get your take on that because i just find it so the, the hypocrisy in oh, no in, doubt. This, in the programs is just infuriates me.
Yep, no doubt. What? Let, let's go a couple of things. We got a few minutes left here, Wayne. Let's go a couple of things. So look okay. into look into Wayne Wagoner's crystal ball. What do you, if and I I know we've got a lot of time between now and then. You know we're gonna have a, a training camp and the, the blue white game and all kinds of things before next season kicks off. What do you see for this team next year? I see a similar record. Um, they have to go to Michigan. Um, that's gonna be tough. Um, I actually think they they're have gonna not lose fared well at Michigan again. They don't have the swagger yet. The Minnesota game was a perfect example. They should have went out there and beat Minnesota, um, but they still don't quite have that swagger. Hopefully, after this year, they'll get some of that back. And then, uh, of course, Ohio State, even though we have them at home, is going to be very difficult. And then there's always a trap game somewhere. The two years Ohio State didn't make the playoffs, they lost to Iowa and Purdue. Purdue. Mm-hmm. Both right after the Penn State games, the close calls against Penn State. And so to keep mentally up game after game oh, it's hard. is difficult. That's yeah. why Clemson, I mean, Clemson has an easier route to the playoffs every year because they don't have to be up game after game. And they, they caught themselves in one game where they weren't quite up against North Carolina and almost got beat. Right. Well, but, but when you play, you know, a number of those kind of games uh, in a season, it's hard to go undefeated. Well, here's their trap game. They got at Michigan on October 3rd. Then they have two weeks later, they have Ohio State. But yep. unfortunately between them, they got Iowa between yep. those two schools. So that's a classic That should trap be at game. home, though, right? Yeah, it that's going to be yep. a home game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. That helps. Um. So, Wayne, this this uh, I've I've known you for a long time. This this podcast wouldn't be complete. Um, if I one know of us didn't I know, fart. Or no, what? I know that you. I know you. Uh, I got one. I could give. I could shut it out right here if you want one. You you've uh, you mentioned to me that you may be going to a couple of Penn State road games uh, yep. next year, and. You know, again, you talked about how long you were a Penn State alum, how long you've been a Penn State fan, and you've you've traveled to see um, you know Penn State on the road. You got yeah. a story or two for us about uh, one of your uh, or, yeah, one he, of your one of your yeah. Penn State uh, road games travel back in the back in the day. Or even if you don't have a story, like tell us a stadium that you liked, like some of the uh, away stadiums. Have you been to Columbus? I have, but I didn't get into the game, and I found them to be the rudest fans I ever ran into, even more so than a pro football. Even more than Michigan? (laughs) I'm talking about adults screaming at my uh, eighth-grade son, fuck you. Did he wear wear a Penn State shirt? I don't think so. It was just terrible. We we were looking for tickets. They knew we were Penn State fans. I couldn't believe how rude they were. Mm. And and honestly, there's not a lot of – destinations in the big 10 that attract me i've been to michigan i do want to go i'm going to go to nebraska this year Mm -hmm. i hear their fans are wonderful it's a great college football environment i do want to go there yeah but i mean who wants to go to west lafayette indiana um (laughs) uh, Um, what about uh, iowa have you been to iowa i have stadium i would do that just to wave at the kids in the hospital i think that tradition is cool that's kind of new and that would be neat but um no, have not been to Iowa. What, what, I, I, I thought you, you went know. to Nebraska before. No, I didn't. Okay. I okay. want to go this this year. Okay. And they don't play them every year, so it's right. kind of spread out. I've heard good things about there. the Wisconsin fans, too. 
I have too, and that's another one I make. And the reason, one of the other things I read, I used to go, I went to a, I traveled when I was younger to all the baseball stadiums, and we were in Milwaukee. I've done that. I'm going to tell you right now that the fans in Milwaukee were fabulous. They're they're not as good as St. Louis. I think St. Louis are the best fans. That makes up for the. I I don't like their stadium. I don't like where they play. Oh, I hate it. I don't. I don't like Miller Park at all. Well, I can tell you, I saw two breasts two people away from me. So. Whatever I was going to rate that trip, it went up exponentially. <laughs> and you know why I saw two breasts? Because I'm going to tell you why. Because she flashed Jose Canseco, who was in the right fielder for the A's. Nice. Running off the field. As he was running nice. to his dugout, she stood up. Her husband gave her permission. Her husband was beside me, and she was at the other side. I was two people away. She stood nice. up and raised him. Uh, yeah. So do you uh, – so you don't uh, have any of those stories. <laughs> do you, do you have do you have a Penn State road story? That you I really share? don't, Greg. Okay. Honestly, I don't. Okay. No. Mm. Other than that, well, maybe that rude behavior at Ohio State. Maybe you'll have maybe you'll have a couple for us. Uh, after maybe you next should take season. me with yeah. you. I would have a yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I gotta, said, if you took the, duty along. You'd have some funny. I think you're story. traveling yeah. with the wrong crew. I always <laughs> got a story with my idiot friends. <laughs> Well, uh, as you can tell, uh, Duty and I always say every week, boy, the hour goes by fast. Yeah, and, sure does. Uh, yep. this, this is no, uh, no different. But, Wayne, I uh, cannot thank you enough for, uh, for joining us today. And, uh, yeah, you know, you we'd guys. like to have you on again as, as sure, absolutely. you know, football season approaches. Um, yep. We've talked about having a, you know, like a roundtable discussion. Yeah. Um, you know, live, well, and the other so. thing too about sure. you is you do know pit football as well because you live in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. You follow that. Let me ask you a quick question: Do you are you follow Penn State basketball at all, Wayne? Yes, I do. Um, this is the best team they've had in Chambers' era. Um, no I still don't know how good they are when uh, Big Mike's in the middle when he gets in foul trouble or he can't right. make a layup he, if he can't right. dunk it. Um, but big uh, drop off to Hera, huh? Yeah, very big. <laughs> and apparently, they have no one behind Hera because he still comes in and plays. But right. they're fun to watch again, you know. Yeah, and they, they haven't been fun to watch since the Crispin brothers, yeah, way back in the yep. '90s or whatever it was. But um, yep. excited to see if they. I think they could make the tournament this year. I think the Big Ten, in general, than hoops is down. Other than the top, they have a lot of ranked teams, but. I think there's only four or five really good teams. Um, yeah. And I think they can make the tournament this year. I'm just wondering if you if you haven't know enough about them to, to give me your thoughts on the basketball court. I agree. I think if Lamar Stevens stays healthy, um, he's uh, Chambers has built depth that I didn't know they had. These Jones, both the Jones are playing well. Jabari Wheeler brings a lot to the defense. And, and like you said, I'm dude, glad you Mike said Watkins, defense. <laughs> Mike, Mike Watkins is the key, but I love Chambers. I think he's a great human being. I wish him all the best. I hope they make it to the tournament and have a nice little yeah, run. Yeah, me too. I do like Chambers as a human being. I do yep. not like his offense. Um, yeah. The only, con- yeah. the only criticism I can have about him is if he gets a 15-point lead, he starts sitting on the ball in the beginning of third quarter. Yeah. Um, he tries to not lose the game, but uh, yeah. they're fun to watch again. And if I'm not mistaken, the Big Ten play is going to pick up here again this weekend. Well, uh, Saturday they play Iowa at the Palestra, so that there should we be go. interesting. Yep. But, uh, but, again, they're fun. They're shooting threes. Yes, they're they running are. on the yep. break. Uh, they're yep. playing good defense anyway. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, Wayne, again, uh, thanks enough. Just stay on the line here for a second after we sign off. But, um, you know, the next time uh, we come on, we're going to have a representative from the Athletics Pit 
uh, a newer website and Twitter page is going to come on. We're going to do our pit uh, football year in review and look ahead. Cool. But, uh, that Wayne, shouldn't take long. <laughs> we're going to have to. <laughs> See, we're going to have to schedule another half I, hour. This is what I have to. This is what. I, this is what I get. Maybe you could finally get a, your heavy metal music reviews basis. in. And then we can talk about the joy that I had watching <laughs> Philadelphia beat the Giants the other night and the Cowboys oh. get bounced from the playoffs again. Listen, <laughs> I told you I, lo- I wanted that. I yeah, told I you that. And, and you know what? Gary is still the coach. All that is is cover. I don't That's care. It. You're just yeah. covering not, your ass. I'm not. Lincoln Riley. Here comes Lincoln <laughs> Riley. Apparently, they're, Garrett's still doing exit interviews, so apparently he's doing one a day. <laughs> because him and Jerry had another meeting today, Wait. and I will not – I will – Disown the Cowboys, how, who I've watched since I've been seven years old. If they keep Garrett as head coach, Wayne, how long will this podcast be if we end up at a bar <laughs> at a, with four microphones with Duty, you, myself, and Startari? Like if, we, if, we're, if we're all well, first of all, talking. we'll be drunk as shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Wayne, thanks again. Thanks, Wayne. And, Appreciate uh, it. Hey, everybody. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And uh, hey, everybody. Sorry. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, before we go, oh, oh, yeah, we got stay, new places. Okay, yeah, we got to go make this quick announcement, Wayne. So we are now on Spotify. Yep. Okay, we're waiting to hear back from iHeartRadio. Hopefully they tell us that. So three, uh, you know, three places here, everybody. SoundCloud, iTunes, and now Spotify. You can listen to the basic Facebook sports, and Twitter. And, and well, those are, those links. are, web pa- those are yep. our links. So be looking out on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I see no use in having an Instagram page, so I'm going to, unless people complain about that, I'm not putting up Instagram. How about the Playboy but, channel on Sirius uh, XM? Only on if we yet? could, only if we could do it live. And then, um, the other thing we'd like, uh, to let you know is, uh, look out on Twitter. We're going to be sending out our email. So if you want to send us an email, please give us feedback. Let us know everything that you think about this podcast. I know what's going to happen. We're going to have the most listeners we've ever had. And Six. they're gonna want they're gonna want Wayne Wagoner back like <laughs> yeah. next week. So, um, but again, uh, check us out now on Spotify and all the other avenues, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody.